to the Colby Cast, episode 67. We're happy to have you aboard as we welcome a new co-host to the crew of the Colby Cast, Mr. Stephen Hayden. In this episode, Stephen's gifts shine through, gifts that serve him well as both Colby Academy's new development director and a longtime homeschooling dad. Listen in to get another glimpse at how Colby continues to make strides in serving families this side of heaven. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. Longtime listeners will know that one of my favorite things is going backstage. So today we're going backstage at the Colby cast to introduce a new cast member. Stephen Hayden is Colby Academy's new development director and homeschool dad. Joined the Colby team here recently and is now part of the Colby cast team. We're so glad to have you, Stephen. Welcome to the Colby cast. Thanks, Bonnie. It's a pleasure to be here. We're very happy to have you. Jordan and I wanted to have this conversation to welcome you here and get to know you a bit, introduce you to our listeners and hear more about that in that backstage dimension because we find that fascinating. It's a new... it's a good turning point for the podcast, I think, because we've kind of come through some of the mom stories and we've gotten the back to school stuff going and we're kind of doing this series of meet the teacher kind of episodes, but more of the overall mission kind of help us all when we're in the day to day, remember where it's going. think that our Colby families will, will appreciate knowing more of what goes on behind the scenes at Colby, all the ways that the administration is working to serve Colby families and work to come together as a team to that end. I'm pretty excited to be here today since we, we talked when I came in early on and uh, kind of got excited about the podcast and have been a, a subscriber and a regular listener and have really been enjoying the podcast over these last several months. Oh, thank you. We sure have appreciated your enthusiasm and support and helpful and insightful comments are really uh, they're day brighteners every time they come in. And I'm so very glad that you're a part of this team now helping us with this Colby Cast podcast. Podcasts, they're addictive, aren't they? They're just... Um... They are. <laughs> well, let's start by giving the listeners some background about you and your connections to this community. Sure. I just started in July of this, of this last summer with Colby as the development director. Um, but I've been in the, kind of the homeschooling distance education business for quite a while, or business, or mission, I should say. Um, I, I worked for Mother Divine Grace School, another distance education school, for about 15 years, started working as their business director and then uh, their executive director for a while once they moved over to a nonprofit. So I had a, lots of experience kind of helping a, a mission-driven classical school, online school, or a distance school, uh, go from being pretty small to being uh, a much larger school. And so it got to a point where um, I, I was looking for some new challenges and I, the remote work wasn't an option at that point either for me. And it, being in California, I thought I need to get my family to a nice Midwestern place. I grew up in rural Wisconsin and kind of wanted to, to get back to a those Midwestern roots. So we moved a little bit further south because I don't really like shoveling snow very much. Um, but uh, we were able to relocate to Arkansas and I was applying for a different position at Colby, actually helping them out with technology or something. And and they reached out to me and said I could work remotely, but they'd like me to come and help help them in development 
in you know looking over some of their systems maybe with like the advising and, and admissions and um, working with uh, Jordan too to see how I could help out with whatever happens to come up there so kind of a broad thing which I like a lot of different things every day um, but yeah so that was my so we talked several times I was happy to join them again as I mentioned in July but it's been great um, but we did move to Arkansas and so we went from you know California, small lots to, to about four and a half acres with a couple dogs and about four cats and some chickens and turkeys and guinea fowl. And wow. uh, so kind of, we're spreading out a little bit here as we, uh, and the kids are enjoying that. I bet that sounds like quite a departure and lots of great change. Like change can be uh, difficult, but it can also be great. There's so many opportunities to come from that and, and hope that as you continue to settle in, it just gets better and better. Yeah, there's, there's something about the Midwest that I, I you know, that I love with the, with just this friendliness that you get from, you know, within the first day that we moved in in the Midwest, our neighbors were bringing us produce from their garden and introducing themselves. And it's like, yeah. wow, I've had more interaction with my neighbors in one day than I did for the last 15 years in California. So it was, <laughs> a, it, it's just, it's a great, we love it. We love it. Good, good. So I'm familiar with the role of a development director from my orchestra and opera days. So what does your role at Colby as development director look like? Well, it's a fairly new thing for, well, it is a new role for Colby altogether. And I had just worked to bring the previous organization over to a nonprofit and then start to take advantage of some of the opportunities that open up once you are a nonprofit moving from a for-profit. And one of the, the things that I really love is that, well, you can be a mission-driven for-profit school but or for-profit organization, but as a nonprofit, you really can allow people to participate in the, your mission in a way that is not very practical for for-profit. So, you know, we've got such a, a wonderful community here so part of this is just going to be reaching out to our Colby community, seeing how we can give them more opportunities to be part of the community, be part of that organization. You know, when you think development, when I think development, the first thing that always jumps to mind, obviously, is fundraising, right? So, mm-hmm. so raising money is is not something that I love. You know, just at, in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but you know, in Colby, I've already encountered families that, you know, are difficult situations. Maybe the mother has, you know, an illness, maybe, especially during COVID, maybe they've lost job or, or lost jobs or income. And I, I view Colby as being very affordable, but still for some that's, you know, any expense is really just a burden. So, yeah. you know, I know we've got so many wonderful people who are excited about Colby out there. I hope to share some of that need with them because if we can help more families who are going through difficult times to be able to still get a great education and be part of this community. I think a lot of people would get excited about that. Um, I'm hoping to do that. Um, So far, I'm still getting my feet wet with a lot of different things and and working through some different uh, procedures and, and figuring things out. Um, but as the as we get further along in the year, I'll I'll be trying to I have to hopefully share some of that with with people and see see what what help we can get. I I know some people help out already as these uh, um, parent ambassadors. Is that the right term that yep. that they're helping out with other things? And I that's fantastic because uh, you know if we can if we can keep building that because oftentimes if, especially if you're new to homeschooling. Sometimes you just need that voice out there of an experienced homeschooling mom. So to say, 
you know, that's okay. It's, it's going to be all right. Just uh, don't panic. It's, we've got time. And, you know, our advisors are always there too for, for that, but it's, you know, we've got the whole community. So I'd, I'd really love for them to be able to share that, those talents and their time um, with the community and it, it'll just make everything stronger. So. So definitely I've been on the receiving end of that uh, accompaniment, that companionship, the voice of experience talking to me as I was getting started homeschooling and whatever we can do to help people just to even help them get feel slightly more confident in taking that first step homeschooling if that's what they're doing or, or having a bad day or something like that. So I see that evident in, in your work as well. And you have this um, gift for bringing people together and identifying what people are good at and what their strengths are and how they can contribute those in maybe ways they hadn't thought of. So I think that's going to be a, a huge uh, gift and blessing to the Colby community. A lot of people are looking for that, even as they are um, doing school at home, they're looking for that community and, and wondering how they can. So I, I think this is great that you're finding ways to make that happen. I'm hoping to do that. I love, I love trying to as a, it's so much fun to be a Catholic organization and try to think, you know, you get into the corporate world. And I, I was a, a civil engineer with worked on structures and things for for five years and plus worked at Land's End and other things prior to working, moving over to the, the homeschooling, Catholic homeschooling world. Um, and, you know, the great people, um, different things, but there's often a different motivation, even so, I, I, you know, I worked in for really good businesses where they really cared for the people, the customers and everything like that. And then I've worked with people, uh, companies that were very money driven and so not really, that was their mission, make as much money as they can, no matter what the cost, basically. But what, what I think is added in a Catholic organization is, is you can really kind of try to view it through God's eyes, where it's not just, you don't have to just consider the, the good of the organization as a whole. But you can also consider the good of each individual that makes up that organization. So obviously, you can't just customize everything for every single person. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I really feel strongly that God makes each one of us with our own—I call it vocation—our um, own personal calling, call to holiness. He's made us with certain talents, with certain skills, um, or certain abilities, and then we learn skills, I guess. Um, but given us interests and things that that guide us to our own kind of unique path to holiness. And by doing those things in our life, we will feel fulfilled. We're obviously will be joyful because we're doing what God has called us to do. And I think as a Catholic organization, that's an important part because you've got all these people that come in and if you can put them into the right spot and all of those graces and those natural abilities can, can come forth, then I mean, now you're dealing with supernatural success here because the people are going to be energized when they come to work. They're going to feel fulfilled. They're going to love what they're doing. So on a natural level, they're just giving it their all because they're passionate about it. But God works through them because they are fulfilling their mission as well. So you get the supernatural sort of success that would be impossible in just a natural organization. Yeah. So it's really the goal to try to get everybody in that right place to help them to, to discern what their vocation is. And, you know, with, at, in my prior experience, um, you know, sometimes that's people aren't in a position where they're going to be forever. Maybe God is calling them to be somewhere else, but then you try to give them as much as you can and, and benefit from their great gifts that they have at this point. And then they find, they discern, okay, I'm, I should be 
overdoing this or overdoing that. And then you rejoice, right? Because you've now helped somebody make that next step into the organization. So even whether they stay with you forever or, or leave, it's always a win. Um, one way or another, I can't really help myself with those things. So I, I'm sure that will be, a, be something I work on going forward too. <laughs> I think it's so inspiring. For one thing, the contrast you can draw between uh, working for a Catholic organization and working in a secular organization—the just the ethos, the the atmosphere—is so distinctly different. And to the betterment or detriment to the people working there and the people that they encounter outside of that environment, those environments, family and their community around them, and it, it just continues to go on down. From there, and, and I think it is um, inspiring to see both of you and the other guys working for Colby bringing your best to serve this way. I think it's such a departure for so many people. Their workaday world is in the secular world, and they're taking on this homeschooling with Colby in the hope that perhaps their children will have some more doors open to them that they will be able to forge a different path or be able to put their gifts to better use. And even possibly even through homeschooling, find those those gifts coming to the surface more so themselves for the parents who are engaged in it as well. So I have so much admiration for both of you and, and that Colby is placing an emphasis on this work to support the Colby administration, the, the people who work for Colby and the families who utilize Colby's materials and services. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's for the last 16 years, I've been so blessed to work in Catholic organizations where you can start, you can start with the prayer, you know, and everybody's praying for each other and there's that compassion. But I remember working in the secular world, though, it's, it's kind of like I had to just remind myself daily, um, okay, my position might be more evangelizing now than, than maybe being edified necessarily or built up by fellow Catholics. And I, I always found that if I could just be happy at work, if I would smile and um, be pleasant to people, and um, it made such a difference, people started asking me about my faith when I would do that, because it's just like, how can you be happy here? How, how, how come you're always smiling? How come you, mm -hmm. how, why does this happen? And it's like, well, because okay. it's because of my faith. I, I know that God loves me and that I have a purpose and he has a plan and I'm in his hand. So how can I be, you know, so it's not that I always felt that way necessarily. Right. And so it, it actually tends to bring about the feeling anyway, if you just be conscious of being joyful, I guess. But uh, Sure. Even just that authenticity, I think is so attractive to people. They're like, what's, where does that come from? Where, what's that about? And why, how can I get that myself? That and, and even if you're not having the best day, that's the the underlying peace and joy and fulfillment you have still is there. So what do you enjoy most about your daily work? Well, so far the, I mean, the people are fantastic. As I said, I've been, I'm learning right now. So I love the people that I get to meet with every, every day. And, and we, we use Microsoft teams here at Colby. So being, I mean, I'm not sure that everybody knows this, but a large Colby has, has moved to having a large number of their, most of their employees work remotely. So um, it's not as easy to interact with people. You know, when you're all in, in an office, you just, you're walking to get a cup of coffee and you run into somebody and you chat for a few minutes and, and catch up and find out what's going on in their life. And that's not as, you, you have to be more deliberate about it in an online work, but we use Microsoft Teams. So when we have meetings, we can see each other. 
and you know we have to schedule some things more than just like hey let's run into each other and, and do this so you have to set aside some time to actually have personal experience with people even if it's online which um, isn't as ideal for me so that's really fun though to get to know people who share the mission the other thing I'm, I'm I love data analysis. So coming into Colby and trying to figure out what the situation is and what the whole model is, what, what the systems look like and what the what the data tells me about the different systems is something I really love. Um, so when I get a chance to get a big bunch of data and sit down with an Excel spreadsheet and start crunching that, I really can't be happier than when I'm, when I'm doing it. It sounds strange, I know, but nope. um, I love systems. Uh, I have, I'll say probably one of my favorite business authors, and I have like a half dozen at least, if not more. So I keep mentioning different people, but I think his first name, W. Edwards Deming, Dr. Deming. Okay. If I'm correct about this, and, and I forget about the history, but I think he's he was one of the people largely responsible for the economic turnaround in Japan after World War II. So before World War II, Japan's manufacturing, again, I could be wrong about all of this, um, but from what I've read is it, it wasn't high quality. It was inexpensive and low quality was what was being produced. And he came in and established or helped them to establish a lot of procedures and, and policies and different techniques, which helped them to develop, you know, high quality thing, you know, Honda, Toyota, thinking about, well, all sorts of name, name, whatever product in high quality. But he would always talk about how quality is built into a system. So if you just give a system time, it kind of establish itself, establishes itself and becomes stable. And so errors are just built into that system. So he's primarily working for ma manufacturing, not Catholic distance education. Mm -hmm. um, but, but still, he would say it's silly to be criticizing somebody because they had this many errors and where somebody else had this many errors, because you have to first look at the system and see what is stable there. So what's the ranges that you would expect? And then you look for outliers and then you try to change a system so that the the errors in manufacturing get decreased. But the same thing happens in any process that you get a certain amount of quality or a certain amount of errors built into the system. So it's always good to look at that. For me, I love to look at data because you can you always start to see patterns and then you can say, well, what can we do to make this more efficient or what can we do to make the process produce more or, or this? So it's not simply manufacturing, but that's some of what's, at least what, what I view I'm doing right now is to, to get an idea of what the systems look like. So we can say, okay, here was a weak point. Let's see if we can fix that. And, you know, with hopefully with the growth that, that Colby has seen and hopefully the continued growth that Colby has seen, um, you need to keep adapting your procedures and things to keep up with, with all of the, those changes that are happening. And there are certain points where systems stop working for a particular size organization as well. So I'm looking forward to bringing some of that experience. I mean, Colby's got great people in, in their leadership teams, but I'm looking forward and I've, I've been enjoying giving kind of a different perspective and saying, oh, how does Colby do this? I know we tried this and that didn't work and we tried this and this didn't work when I was doing this, but you know, would this be a solution? And everybody really wants the best for all of the Colby families has been my experience so far here. And that makes it exciting to get up and get to work 
when you know everybody's on board with helping to support the families and make sure all those students get the best Catholic education possible. And I'm passionate about homeschooling, so I love the fact that all of these kids can spend more time with mom or dad or mom and dad and really develop those relationships, which should be lifelong relationships. They're, I mean, you don't stop being a parent once your child goes off to college. You're, you're called to be a parent to them as you go through your entire life, showing them, supporting them in different ways, but trying to support them and give them good examples and provide for their needs. And eventually, um, probably they're going to be providing for a lot of my needs as I get older. And, um, and you know, but that's, that's something they can learn as well, though, uh, that sort of love the charity there and I'll likely need it. At some point. <laughs> yes. It's important to have that long view and, and know that that's how it's meant to be right over time. It, the relationship continues. I think that's really important. Something I try to keep in my mind as well, that we have this sort of, um, cultural sense that they turn a teen and that's it and okay they're off on their own and whatever but that's not that's not how that goes what's something people often ask your advice about hmm. um that's an interesting question i think so i would say that most of the time people are wondering uh want a different set of eyes on some of the things that that are going on right now just to say you know, we've been doing this, we've been, you, when you're in the thick of things, it's, I mean, normally you're, it's, your head is down and you're focused on the task at hand. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that you do, and it's just, why do we do it this way? Well, we've been doing it this way for a long time. Yeah. And so that's, that's just why we do it. Um, or, you know, there's this problem or that problem that comes up and you're kind of dealing with them as distinct sort of unique occurrences. And sometimes you need to kind of step back and take that big, broad view and say, okay, this isn't a unique occurrence. This is a product of, you know, the system isn't working as it should, or, or this isn't working as it should. Or even just one of the things that, that I've started to see is just even looking at the families that, that are attracted today to homeschooling, especially through, through somebody like Colby Academy, how the parents and the, the families are different than they were when Colby started out, what is it, 30, 30 or 40 years ago now. Um, at that point, homeschooling was very much uh, a Wild West sort of, you know, the homeschooling moms were, they were researching all of the curriculums, they were, they were digging in, and you didn't do homeschooling unless you were kind of like, I want to do my own thing. I'll figure out when we do. I mean, that hasn't changed. Well, that part may have changed a little bit, but <laughs> the parents who are choosing to homeschool are still deciding to play a huge role in their their child's education and their formation. But, you know, there's there are a lot of organizations like Colby and others out there that do have curriculum and they do they have all of this experience that they can share. And homeschooling is much more acceptable, especially during COVID, right? I mean, everybody was homeschooling there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so when you when you decide to do this, you want to, uh, a parent sometimes wants to be guided a little bit more. They, they see, they're like, you have the experience. Don't make me recreate the wheel. Mm -hmm. Tell me what I should do that's best for my child. Right. And that's a bit different, though, than, like I said, when we were starting, where it's like, don't tell me what to do. Um, help me 
in these ways and I'll do the rest. So I think there's, there's adaptations that need, need to happen here. Um, and so that means also we get more people coming from, more people are deciding to make the jump from public school or private school into distance education. Um, so there's also challenges there because if you look at Colby's curriculum, it's so rigorous. It's a, it's intense. I, I went to public school myself, so that was this was a long time ago. But I remember like senior year in my my English slash literature class, we read two books the entire year. And it's like, OK, but now my 10th grade son is taking one of the online courses with uh, Dr. Hessler in history and he's enjoying it very much. But it's like, OK, well, I'm reading Livy and then we're going to read this. And and then I have three papers to write. And he's used to a rigorous sort of course load. But I mean, those are those are intense books and, you know, an intense course load. Right. So it's always on my mind. We need to keep working on ways to make sure that this is that we keep all of the beauty and the greatness of the curriculum. But how do we help somebody make that step? you know, to, so that they can be successful at Colby, but maybe what's, what's the process to get there though. Right. And, and, and I know there's a lot of concern with that and a lot of thought being put into how can we do this? How can we help, help everybody to make sure that, that they're successful when they, when they're here with Colby. Yeah, I definitely think Colby has that reputation of being at least uh, many people I encounter who are familiar with the various options among the Catholic curricula. If you say we do Colby, a lot of them will be like, oh, whoa, that's really difficult. <laughs> like, wow, that kind of reaction where it's not even, it's almost a non-starter. Like that's just too difficult. We can't even go there. So to demonstrate somehow that it's it's wonderfully rich and, and complex. Yes, it's challenging, but it's also doable. So how to get yeah. past that sticking point, just that automatic, oh no, that's Absolutely. too hard next, you know, that. How do we get past that? So a lot of the efforts here lately with the social media and the, the Facebook lives and, and a lot of stuff going out from Colby is, is helping to kind of take that, move that conversation forward a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of the podcast, I mean, so obviously the people listening to the podcast will are, are listening to the podcast, but <laughs> it, it's a great resource because especially somebody new to homeschooling, there's just great episodes that you can pick up on you know, go back and look at some of those that are really give good advice and insight and hope into how, how your homeschooling life is going to be and, or different stages of development or yeah, it's, it's a really good tool, but yeah, social media, I'm impressed with how much has been done to kind of reach out to the Colby families in that way. I, I love it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and the community building too, all the ways that we are now able to participate in, in Colby communities to both online with the various groups and, and then from there being able to find each other more locally to meet up in person. So as we as we referred to earlier, the, the Colby administration is actually spread across the country, much like Colby families around the world. It you know, home base is in Napa, California, but much of the administration and many of the teachers are all over the place. So Colby uses uh, many techie tools to keep in touch and steer the ship, so to speak. Still nothing compares to FaceTime. So the team meets in person regularly. And I've heard you guys mention these meetings a few times and they sound fun. They sound like good times because it, for all the effort that goes into staying connected and it's great, these tools, we feel like we've became very familiar with them very quickly. <laughs> we kind of hacked our way through them in, in some ways just to get up to speed when we need it to be. 
but it doesn't replace the in-person connections that you all forge when you come together for your meetings. So how many times per year do you all meet? I'll have to defer a bit to Jordan on this. I've, I've been only once I went out to the Napa, but I, I think I know we're, we're getting together in October again. And Jordan, I don't know how many times, how many times do we get together? Well, there's, um, they call one meeting the big meeting, and it used to just be in October. Um, but it, it's been moved to the spring starting this this past year. And the big meeting means that, that they just, the, all the all the people working locally that live in in Napa are there along with various various uh, managers and, and supervisors. So some of the administrators at Colby go out to Napa and that's like a big brainstorming meeting, uh, kind of setting the agenda for the year. And then there's a smaller meeting um, that is now the October meeting. So it's it's probably going to be twice a year. But then there's things that come up where we do we we get together a little more often. We'll have the graduation in Atlanta um, this summer, and then uh, like we went to Napa for doing some of the promotional videos and things like that. So a team of us met up in in Atlanta for that, and then most recently. Stephen and I uh, were able to go to the Napa Institute. Colby had a role to play there, which was a lot of fun. It was great to to do that. So, I guess it's it's an atypical year, but I've been to Napa three times since January, which I can't complain about, especially living in the Northeast and going to Napa in you know January and April is pretty nice. Um, yeah. But it 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 has been really important for us. I I felt it even when I was traveling from Germany to Napa, which was a nine hour time difference. So I didn't know night from day. And you know, it was it was pretty rough some of those times. But I felt it every single time that it's just been very important to actually be with the people to see each other and get to know each other beyond just the screen. And so that's what was great with Stephen coming out right after he got hired. And we met up in Napa, and we were able to get to know each other and um, spend quite a bit of time together. And it was it was a lot of fun. We met up ahead of time and worked in the office a little bit for a couple of days um, with meetings and planning. And and that was my first time meeting Stephen in person. And it was great to, to do it in the context where I went into Colby back in 2013. It was in that same office. It's been updated a lot. It looks beautiful now. Um, they've done a great job with it. I, I think that's so neat about Napa. Napa is so beautiful and Colby reflects that. And even though, as Stephen was mentioning, most of uh, the employees are are not in the office anymore, they make upgrades to the office they, as they can. Um, but they keep it nice. It's like they keep it very organized. They take care of it. And, and it turns it into... It's sort of the heart still is in Napa. Yeah, for I loved I loved as well my first time out out in Napa, getting to see the building that Colby that was given to them uh, years and years ago, and just how they've tried to keep that history of the school kind of. It's almost a little bit museum like, where it's like, oh, and here's the the crucifix that was given by by these this group of people, and here here are the books that were donated by you know so and. So it's very fun. And again, you can't, I mean, I've had some long meetings discussing, you know, different ideas and deliberating and, and things with people. 
online and you go through a four hour meeting online and I am just spent for the rest of the day. That's too much for me. But being able to both discuss, but then you, you know, you're breaking and you're going to have dinner together and where you can just you can find out what people's children are like and what their family life is like and say, oh, yeah, because you make those connections and it makes communication outside of back in work so much easier. I know it's a, a sacrifice being away from your families, and but I'm sure glad to hear about the bond you all have forged and the fun that you had because there's so much that's all part of it. That, that really informs the work as well. It's not just head down working, cranking out whatever it is that that is worthwhile, the, the connections and the, the way we walk with each other, that is every bit as important. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've been working with our the advisors who are wonderful people right now, but they'll all talk about, so they love when they can help help the Colby family. So they form those connections there, but just they, they're very intentional as well about creating a community of advisors to support each other and to lift each other up as well. And it's, it's a really lovely thing because they do have really close friendships already, even though a lot of them are, are relatively new to Colby as well. But yeah, uh, yeah just, yeah, those, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, those are good. That has been neat to see and experience just a small part of just working with, with folks on the, on the podcast over the past year, uh, the times I come in contact with, with folks, it's just, I get a glimpse of that. And I think it is just neat, neat, neat. I, I had the good fortune to, have a close friendship result from one of my, from my secular work experience, my time at the orchestra come out and I'm still close with her. That, that has been a great blessing. And to have that in the current workplace, that makes all the difference to, to enjoy the people you work with, to be sources of support to each other, to know that each has the other's uh, best interest at, at heart. That's that really makes a big right. difference. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that I that's for sure true. So Stephen and I were st- staying in the same hotel, and so we were commuting back and forth, and whatever we need, if we need, were going to another event or to dinner or whatever. Um, so we talked, we talked a lot. That was really awesome because once I got back, then um, Stephen arranged a standing meeting once a week where he and I get together thirty minutes to an hour, whatever it takes. And those meetings are, are so much more meaningful now because we've met in person, which is also a plug for listeners to try to get to the graduation if you can and meet the other, you know, meet Colby students and Colby families. We have some ideas, broad ideas. Maybe they'll come out um, over the next months as they develop for other opportunities throughout the year, hopefully for Colby families to get together. And I highly, highly encourage it. I saw it this summer. Um, some of the students came to the summer program at the college where I work in New Hampshire. They are now in my classes and they have all these memories. They're, they're, they know each other so much better. And I've just I've appreciated that that Colby recognizes that importance of a real community, even though we necessarily have to be separated for most of the year, that it's worth it. It's valuable to to be together and to know each other in person. Absolutely. It's, I, I actually am in Arkansas largely for a reason like that. Um, we, when we're living in California through, uh, through Mother Divine Grace, another distance education school, my wife got to be friends with a Catholic homeschooling mother out here in Arkansas. And one of their sons was graduating from Thomas Aquinas College, and we lived about five miles away from there. Um, so we got together after his graduation and just 
realized that we just hit it off all the kids with their kids. And, and, uh, so we started kind of vacationing a little bit together. Then they would come out and stay at our house or we'd go out and stay at their house. And we kind of started to fall in love with the Arkansas area. But when we moved out, we spent two or three months living with them while we were looking for a house. And we're here where we are because of this other great relationship that we developed. And we've, we have similar sorts of things with some families in Pittsburgh and all throughout the, the country, really, where they've stayed at our house, their kids, the whole family. And yeah, so it, if you can take advantage as a, as a Colby family of some of those opportunities, there are other people who, who are like you out there that, you know, you don't have to, they don't have to be in your backyard, which is one of the beautiful things as well. You're, you're limited when you just look locally. But, you know, my kids are, are constantly communicating back and forth with these friends throughout the, throughout the country and such. But then you get opportunities to actually do a real meetup too. And those are, those are special. Right. There's room for both. It can be so disheartening to not find like-minded people or people you click with in your, in your geographical area. All the same, we need we need that human interaction in our daily lives. We know that that's one of the things I appreciate so much about Colby is that it exists in the first place, and and that we are able to avail ourselves of its offerings. And beyond that, now we have developed these friendships and relationships with so many wonderful people that that has become easily one of the best things about going this way with Colby is, is the people we have come to in contact with. Thank you both so much for visiting with me today. Stephen, I'm looking forward to having you on the Colby Cast crew with us. Jordan, thanks so much for your thoughts as well. And both of you guys take good care. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, Jordan, I'm sure we'll share a pipe online next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And thanks so much, Bonnie. Take care. If you haven't already, subscribe to the ColbyCast in your favorite podcast app for effortless episode delivery. And we'd love to hear from you, so drop us a line at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem dei gloriam.